Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Is it too late now to say sorry? Because I'm missing more than just your body. Oh, is it too late now to say sorry? Yeah, I know all that I let you down. Is it too late to say sorry now? It's not too late for Nick Bosa to donate his game check to Nambla. Welcome to a post-Super Bowl edition of Sorry We Love Football, the show that would like to take a moment and welcome Baby Nut into the world. This is your time, Young Nut. Bust it. We see you, boy. It's true. I am Shakira fan Daniel Hardigan. With us, as always, is a man who's now tasted a Super Bowl victory, a man who watched the Chiefs offense rise from the dead in the fourth quarter and win the whole fucking thing. We got Chiefs fan Danny Solomon. How you feeling, Danny? Uh, I just had a baby nut listening to that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and to my left is uh, men's rights activist Jamel Johnson. That's where did we get that? Hold on. That's not what it was. I'm still reeling from Joey Bosa Nambla. I didn't yeah. think that, he Crap. was like he was like, what's funnier than the NRA? And I was like, oh, I guess Nambla is funnier, but no, I say worse. Know, <laughs> yeah, worse. <laughs> right. But worse. Bosa, he's a he's a Republican. You should have told us the context. Of the open. Yeah, nah, I like it. Nah, he fucks kids, too. Nah, that's facts. Uh, all right, let's just not even wait. Danny, I don't know how you're going to answer this question, but good luck. What did you hate about watching football this week? Luckily, there's a trick to answering this question, because what I hated about football this week is hate itself. <laughs> Why bother hating in a world so pure and beautiful that's now wide open to me? That's the old me. The old me hated on things. My football fandom was defined by my pessimism. You guys know that. You've been watching me Certainly. watch games this entire season, listening to me in the, in the height of, of fear in the middle of, you know, after the Denver game when I thought it was all over several times during the actual playoffs when we were down by what seemed to be insurmountable amounts of points and we would come back. It just started to make me into a changed human being. I mean, now this has happened and a whole new world of optimism has opened up. Uh, you know, I just like, I, there's so many different, like Iowa caucuses, disaster. We're watching this unfold. It seems like the worst possible thing that could happen to people who share our belief system. <laughs> and yet it feels now like the equivalent of the Democratic Party being down 10 points in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go. All we need is Patrick Mahomes. He'll solve it. He'll figure it out. Things can happen. Good. There is goodness in the world. We can believe again. And, and you know, I don't, I don't even know what to do with this. It's just, it's a feeling I've never experienced before. I've never had a feeling like the next thing that could happen isn't the worst possible version of what could happen. And, Possibilities are endless. Was, A- any number of good things 
could happen in this in this new coming year and decade and beyond. I don't even feel like I need to buy a bunker in Nevada and stockpile water anymore. <laughs> that feeling is gone. I can just I can just care for my loved ones and 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 feel good about the state of the universe. That's a constant feeling. It's had? a feeling that I it's it's engulfed me. It's become it's like a force like the phoenix, you know? Uh but if you really do need something I hated those Super Bowl ads are terrible. It's hard to watch now. Wasn't great. I mean, yeah, all these really different good. companies coming together to advertise in one spot, and then yeah. you—it's like you need a minimum of three who gives a shit celebrities, and then one really big celebrity per commercial. And it, they were just fucking endless this year, yeah. especially when the game was tense and <laughs> difficult to watch. And then they would cut away, and it's like, oh, Bill Murray, who gives a shit? Get back to the Super Bowl. I forgot about that aspect of watching your team in the Super Bowl is you have to deal with the silly shit uh, during the stop yeah. downs. It was <laughs> so rough. Long breaks. Like here's MC Hammer eating Cheetos and it's like fuck. Everybody <laughs> else is like, "Oh, how cute. It's a baby nut." And I'm like, "Fucking come on. We it's third and nine. <laughs> Man, and Charlie Day is just everywhere. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, I didn't even follow that ad. Did not follow one aspect the of Bud that. But night ad. was there. But Bud Knight Seltzer did not make an appearance, so it seems like he never will. Actually, he did in the form of Post Malone. Is Post Malone right? was the they Bud Light Bud Seltzer, Seltzer, Seltzer ad. pitch man. Really? Yeah. yeah. There was an ad where it um, it was kind of like they explained uh, how drugs work in Post Malone's <laughs> brain. I like, saw that part. I didn't realize uh, yeah. he was the Bud Knight Seltzer. It, he is the Seltzer. He was the ad. He was like, Bud Light's got Seltzer? Well, it was I like, saw him we get try the Seltzer one. out of the liquor store, but I didn't see him donning like oh you want armor. he's not the armor knight yeah i want knight. him in the armor he doesn't have to be the actual knight he embodies the spirit for. of bud Wait, knight dude, no. bud light seltzer seltzer's new off the block the seltzer's like a pledge like a plebe like <laughs> it's gonna be years before the seltzer's a knight yeah the bud the the two bud knights bud knight and bud knight platinum are bullying the bud knight seltzer they're pushing post malone around right yeah, now but he'll I mean, have the last laugh even bud Knight platinum's been around for 10 years now Jamal, what did you hate about watching the Super Bowl? You know what I hated about watching the Super Bowl uh, is skill players running backwards. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, hey, guys, goal line's that way. Yeah. Uh, it's been that way the whole time. It never worked. It worked once. That was not even a step back. He just stopped. That was a juke. That was a juke. That was different than Tariq Hill jumping three yards backwards. On every completed catch. It makes it even worse when you have, like, the the, the fake first down line that Tyreek Hill has passed and then jumps backwards, bef you know, on the other side of and then it's third and one. Every time I saw it, I was like, you could run forward and you could have gotten one – you could have gotten four more yards. Travis Kelsey did it a couple times. I blame Madden for this. <laughs> I blame virtual reality for this. It's pretty dumb. And you guys should stop it. Uh, okay, so what I hated this week, uh, I'm just going to stick to football, and it's Kyle Shanahan's play calling and decision-making in general. I don't think there's a – you can't just be friendly with these things and be like, well, you know, these guys, they were close, and they did a good job, and they were there all season. I think there are defined winners and losers, and that's why the game's played. And, I mean, you can start by looking at the end of the first half. Uh, they're just content to run the clock out. It's 10-10. Uh, even fucking John Lynch is in the booth begging for a timeout, and the head coach just won't give it to him. Uh, that's a bad sign of confidence in the quarterback. And, by the way, I don't even blame Jimmy Garoppolo for this game. 
He no. had great stretches. He was 12 of 13 at one point where he was just kind of slinging it around between the second and third quarter. And he almost threw three picks. He almost well, threw three picks as well. Mahomes Look, almost threw three picks. Um, you know, Jimmy played like we thought Jimmy would play. Uh, you know, you, he was in the perfect position to win. They're up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And this is the real damning stat for uh, Kyle Shanahan. You're up 20 to 10. In, in the fourth quarter, this is your play calling. 15 passes, four runs. If you didn't learn your lesson when you were fucking winning 28 to 3 against the Patriots two year, or three years ago in the Super Bowl, where he did a similar version of fucking completely falling apart and calling way too many passes. And I know there's also the mindset where you're like, you can't get too conservative in these situations. You have to keep moving the ball. This is true. How were the 49ers moving the ball? By fucking running. <laughs> That's how they were moving the ball. If you just do the Debo Samuel end around, they never once proved they could stop that play. The Chiefs defense never had an answer for it, and they just stopped doing it. Instead, they dropped back Jimmy Garoppolo 15 times in that fourth quarter with a 10-point lead. Look, and what's I, he going to do? He's not the dude. He's not that dude. I don't really care for going in on coaches for making these decisions. It's all hindsight. We have no idea what would have worked. It always – that's what's so annoying about losing a game like this is that the narrative, whatever – it it whatever really happened on the field, the narrative is going to tilt into they're going to find some narrative that you did something wrong and follow that. He was running the ball great, and I was definitely scared of the run. But it's the fourth quarter, and you know that they're going to stack eight to try to prevent the run because of the fact that that they know you're going to try to run the ball out. That's fair. There were several open fucking receivers during those plays. There was one where they called the perfect slant pass that Jimmy G correctly read the defense, and George Kittle was right there for a huge gain. Chris Jones just got his mitts up. Nobody's going to give the Chiefs the credit that they deserve for the fourth quarter. That's fine. uh, Everybody's going to put it on Kyle Shanahan. I know. I'm not even saying the that. I'm Chiefs just saying. defense was great. But don't put it on Kyle Shanahan It is either. on Kyle Shanahan. It's all hindsight. No. You know, and they played great. I actually <laughs> want to say to the Niners fans, it was a great game. I was terrified. I thought we were going to lose. I thought this was exactly – you guys played the exact game you needed to play for the first three and a half quarters. It just – there's an irresistible force of good that came down <laughs> upon you, and you have to deal with that. And I guess if I could say one – sort of schadenfreude a thing about the Niners losing because it didn't it doesn't really give me as much joy for the Niners to lose as it did for the Chiefs to win but Nick Bosa crying on the sideline I can't get enough of that keep playing that put that gif in my fucking saved files and I'll just I'll pull it up every time it's raining outside every time there's a sad day uh I just want to watch Nick Bosa cry but the rest of the team what a game what a, even D Ford didn't get called for the couple of times he showed up offsides and he did there's screenshots of it but you guys played a great game it's just Patrick Mahomes is too fucking good and you know it and I Kyle, got go ahead Kyle Shanahan is just the new Marv Levy dude this is his life. This is his <laughs> destiny. That's what I'm saying. He's he was the lose. assistant the last time. He's you can't put that on him. That's play. Dan Quinn's was game. calling the plays. Yes, Dan Quinn's defense uh, completely collapsed against the Patriots, but he's calling the plays there. He's calling the plays here. And at some point, it's a pattern. It's not just the other team batted the ball down every time. I mean, I, I think it's almost like it, you're right. It's unfair in a way. It's kind of like when Andy Reid. You're like that guy can't win the big game. They were gonna. They, that, all the fucking writers were ready to put that I mean. down. It you was know? an unfair thing to pin on him because clearly he's a great coach and he's 
can design an offense better than most people. But Kyle Shanahan's knock, which he already had, is only going to be under a magnifying glass more. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes. He's the, the two biggest leads blown in Super Bowl history. He has both of them. 10 points and fucking 25 points. You know, and somehow 10 people points lose, is the second people, biggest one. People the lose first, big games when you're good, you end up in half big games. on him, but it's still on him a yes. little bit. It's half on it's, him. It's less on him the the Patriots Falcons one. He blew this one and one a half Super Bowls. It's completely on him, and I do think his play calling has something to do with it, not nothing to do with it. I mean, you could say the same about Andy Reid too, having lost a Super Bowl before, having been a part of lost Super Bowls. I mean, he was on Green Bay when they lost to the Broncos, right? He was. There's just these things that you know you can pull a narrative out of your asshole. I don't think that's anytime out of the you need to. I just I understand, but also when it was when we were down twenty to ten, it felt like the game was going to be over. I was all I was seeing people talking about Patrick Mahomes having gotten to the Super Bowl, having gotten at least me a, a Kansas City Chiefs fan to a place I never thought we'd be. Just being in the Super Bowl, I was happy just to be there. You saw me during the game. I was content. Were, I was I was a little bit down, but I wasn't I wasn't in my mood like I can get. Into his grave. I was <laughs> I was not was slowly, in. I was you were not, slowly crawling. I was in. not losing my mind. Is the point. Yeah. And it was because I felt good about Patrick Mahomes, but people were getting ready to write about how terrible of a game he had. He did and have a bad things, game. And up then the circumstances just turn around. Shit happens. A guy moves left two yards, and he's there for the ball. Or Emmanuel Sanders isn't quite fast enough to catch that other ball, yeah. and then the narrative completely changes. We're just we love these convenient narratives, but it's it's all messy. It's a bunch of fucking universe. Fucking universes fucking each other until you know it provides Danny's some kind right. of a thing uh, that happens. Kyle Shannon did nothing wrong. He should continue calling the plays this Dude, way because like it clearly works. It clearly works. And then, and then it gets and you to the Super Bowl I mean, and then you lose. Also, personally... I don't want to see Kyle Shanahan win anything. Good. Me either. I'm, I'm glad, glad he fucking blew it, dude. Me too. That dude sucks. And if I saw him on the street, I'd punch him in his fucking mouth, dude. Wow. I yeah. have to say he, he does have more to do with losing than not. So I, I can't just say the guy called a perfect game and sometimes you lose. That's not what happened. He ruined Robert opinion. Griffin's life, which uh, in then turn uh, made – he gave Trent Williams cancer. <laughs> uh, that's true. Nah, son. Fuck him. Fuck the Shanahan family. Um. I can get on board with that because I don't like the Broncos. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so let's just – okay, so we've done our hits. Let's actually talk about the Super Bowl. I wanted to lead this off with – I wanted Danny to talk about it a little bit about Andy Reid's arrival to the franchise. I mean, he arrives in 2013 after the death of his son. Uh, you know, he's tasked with saving this fucking franchise that is also in a crisis because they just dealt with Javon Belcher in, like, December 2012. Reed gets hired in the spring of 2013, and he has to put together the mess. I think what you guys have like a two and fourteen season that year. We were two something, and fourteen. Something yes. terrible. We had the number one overall pick in 2014. We picked Eric Fisher, right, starting left tackle in, in the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And so you have a two and fourteen team that Andy Reed inherits. I mean, I think you guys were like a paper bag team, right? You had dudes in the stands wearing the, the brown paper bags. I mean, I, there's always some dickhead who's wearing a <laughs> paper bag. 14, we were, in ba- we, had, we were trotting Tyler Thigpen out there. You, we were th- trotting Tyler Palco out there. So a couple of fucking Tylers. Yeah, I remember when I thought us. we did. We won some games. We won two it, full games. Brady the, Quinn was yeah, our quarterback for a bit. The worst Redskins game I've ever been to. You guys beat us at home, and me and this old dude got drunk in the stands. He snuck a bottle of Jim Beam. 
in his jacket, and we just cried. It was it, brutal. So look, 2012 was a bad year, and R.I.P. Garrett Reed and R.I.P. Cassandra Perkins and Javon Belcher, uh, I guess to a lesser extent. But it was just like, you know, it, it was a, a bad, bad year. As a Chiefs fan, 2-14, and 14, you have players killing themselves at the stadium. Yeah. In front of Romeo Cornell. Right. Like, yeah. I, Romeo Cornell doesn't even talk about that shit. He just keeps coordinating. He's just like, <laughs> the next day, he it's just like worked do, on a dude. game plan. Yeah. Like, was, these guys. They do you won remember that, that game, too, by do you, the way. Do you remember that hard knocks with the, with the Browns? Uh, where they told Hugh Jackson that his his mother died, and he was just like, Ugh. all right, well, anyway, back to this cover three. And it's just like, that's how these guys are. Yeah. So they don't really process things correctly, but it could be a lot of the reason why Romeo Cronell, uh, his defense fell apart. In okay, this so moving on from Romeo, you get Andy yes, right. in Yes, right. It's the worst year of the Kansas City Chiefs that I can recall in some time. And Andy Reid steps in. Not sure what to think. I thought, you know, well, he's on the decline. I don't really like the Eagles. Uh, every Eagles fan I've met has been a dickhead, and that remains to this day. But it was uh, it was something. It was a change, and we needed it. Then we start winning games. That was the year we went on a 9-0 and start to the season with our defense. Justin Houston, Eric Berry, Derek Johnson. The list could go on and on, but it's basically those three guys. We started winning games, and it started to feel – Different. That was one of those years where you have an unexpected inflation that then you crash back down to earth. Probably what's going to happen to the Buffalo Bills. But it was a nice little surprise. We lose in the playoffs to the Colts that year. We were, you know, Alex Smith was chucking balls to Donnie Avery. It wasn't going to be a Super Bowl season, but things were happening. And then, you know, we had one down season in 2014, went 9-7, and seven, and then from then on, 11 wins or more. It's just been – and for the, for the couple of those years, it was defense, and then it slowly transitioned into offense. And now, we, you know, we jettison Alex Smith, and we bring in Patrick Mahomes, yeah, and it just goes over the draft top. Pick because you had those three or four years of building the program, getting the guys on Andy Reid's page, understanding what kind of team they're trying to build, and then you get – a fucking guy drop from the heavens. It's and it's you insert him. In, you do the thing nobody else does anymore. He sits a full year, learns the offense, watches Alex Smith have a really good season actually, and it's still like doesn't matter, dude. We have to play this guy. Like okay, so the play of the game, in my opinion, is it's Niners twenty, Chiefs ten, fourth quarter, about seven minutes left. It's third and fifteen. Mm-hmm. You just lost. Sure. A, cha- a, a challenge just reversed a call on the field that would have given you a first down. I like how you call it my play of the game. It's like the the play of the game that every analyst. I mean, there's many plays that uh, dictate a game. I mean, that's true. See, that's true. You just are going <laughs> against the point you just argued. All right, Anyhow, whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm having a great time. <laughs> so you know, you don't get this play. You're punting. You probably lose the game. Uh, instead, you got Mahomes to hill for 44 yards. It's fucking unbelievable. They're playing the the cover one robber. Which we all, which where they're playing most of the game, mm-hmm. which they have the high safety, and then they have the other safety come down and take out all those crossing routes, which is why he threw the one pick, uh, or the first pick anyway. The second one was kind of, kind of on him, kind of on Hill, but, and they just run the fucking perfect play. They have Hill fake like he's going to do the post and just hits the, puts his foot in the ground and it's just a thing of beauty. He gets it off barely. He gets fucking demolished. Yeah, like three Niners. Few times in this game, he got the nine ball just quarterback seems to hits. Hang in the air forever. 
and you know it was coming down. Two things on that. One, it reminded me a lot of there there was a pass in the New England game this season where he threw exactly that type of ball to McCole Hardman for another touchdown that basically got us an insurmountable lead in that game and got the juices flowing. Another thing is Andy Reid came out today and said the that that play was called the Wasp. It's called Wasp. And he said it's because we wanted to put the sting on him. Oh, oh shit. Oh, my God. Whoa. So, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. That's a handful of baby nuts right there. Yeah, yeah I was actively thinking about baby nut at the time of the play. Also, I was just wondering what is he going to do next. We have Andy Reid, I think, just came out really – with the right mentality. You got two times early where he goes for it on fourth down. Uh, he gets the touchdown. They can they keep a drive alive. Uh, they're running option plays in the end zone. Jamel and I were talking about when's the last time you saw a team try and fully do the option? Parcells and Quincy Jones? I mean, no, that's when it started, and it was dumb. It was I bad. remember everybody saying, this is the dumbest thing ever. These are adults. This is not college football. <laughs> the option is not going to work. Stop doing it. And people kept – sort of trying it and now it just works again because hum- now everybody because, runs the option again because of human fallibility you know the <laughs> the option forces you into a choice humans are fallible it's a 50 50 chance of getting it right or not it sure. always is and you just have and Patrick Mahomes is the king of the using his eyes to fake people out he does it so effortlessly uh we actually threw out a, a, a play in this game in the first quarter for uh, not the first touchdown, but but when we got to the one yard line before we scored the first touchdown was a was a play from the 1948 Rose Bowl. Showed Which play up. Is that? It's the one where all four guys oh, the spin. did a spin. That's on fourth down. The Motown too. spin. It was yeah. on third down and got us to the. I think third it, down or second down. It got it us to the one du- yard line. Direct I remember snap. That. It was yeah. basically a spin into a wildcat. That was a fourth down. I could be wrong. It definitely wasn't a fourth. It might have been nah. a third, and then we crossed the play. I don't know what yeah. it was, but we got the touchdown the next play. Yeah. It was just sweet. We were trying things. We were doing st- – you know, if you want me to shit on Kyle Shanahan, the only thing I can say is this. Andy Reid was playing to win this game no matter what. That's he wasn't going to let it happen. He was going to go on every fourth down. He was the aggressive one, and Kyle Shanahan Gotta clearly be. took the role of the submissive little bitch. Right. And I, uh, you know, the the Super Bowl forces you into these sort of prescribed roles like, oh, the, this team is the is the loose one, and this team is the prepared one, and this team is the high-flying one, and this team is the conservative one. But, like, that's a real one. That's a narrative that actually bore itself out at the end of that first half. I will agree. Andy Reid in that same position, he would have tried to chuck the ball. Is it because he has Patrick Mahomes and all you guys have is Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know, but Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play a bad game. So I think it might be on you, Kyle Shanahan. Um, yeah, we finally got to answer that question of, you know, what's going to happen when it's up to Jimmy G to go out, win a game, and have to make a few plays. We we thought all year when we because we doubted the Niners most of the year because of that exact question mark. We we're like, ah, can they really get this far? They kind of have this guy at quarterback. We haven't seen him other than the Saints game, which he did make this exact comeback that we keep talking about. Uh, which really he just hit like a two yard crosser to Kittle, and the guy went for sixty. So did he really do it? But he did. Uh, you got to give him credit there, but. We got to find out. He Super Bowl, you get the ball back, you're down four. Let's see what you got, dude. And, uh, you know, he's just not that guy. I, I don't know how else to say it. He's not 
the Patrick Mahomes type. He's not going to make the play for you. If if the right play is dialed up, he'll probably have a good shot at hitting it. But he's not going to wriggle around and create something. No, and you he's, know the difference. If you've ever watched – like. You know, I, I I love Alex Smith. I, I really have tons of respect for everything he did for the team, but also as a player, he really outplayed even his own ability because he was, you know, he's just a fucking hard worker and a badass. That said, though, it's like having an Alex Smith. You know that feeling when you when you haven't taken the big swing, when you have the Alex Smith type who can just kind of, you know, play a good game execute the offense correctly like do the things that the coaches like but isn't that you know blue chip amazing like come in your pants player and you know it's it's there is a difference and and that difference is. is whether or not you win the super bowl clearly because we just won the super bowl and we never won it with a bunch of really good alex smith teams it reminds me of like in around 2011 uh, all I did was uh, get high and play Madden. That's mm-hmm. kind of all I did. That was my entire existence. I like delivered pizzas and then played Madden, and I was very good online. And I was so good that I would handicap myself by the first thing that I would do. I was I would put the punter at quarterback, <laughs> and I would play the entire wow. game like that in like really high ranking games. And there's just no margin for error. You have to call the right plays. And I was trying to just do that version of the Alex Smith offense where. There's nothing given to you. I was somehow trying to make it hard for myself, and it was really fun. You have a weird mentality about Madden, <laughs> I've noticed. You always you say you put it on super hard, oh, yeah. and, you, and just every play is, like, just impossible. That's the most fun. I just don't understand that. I'm, an, I'm at the all-pro level. I'm not terrible, but— I even hit the sliders where, it, like, you make the AI smarter, and I make my guys worse. I just don't understand. Like, I mean, what— do, Are you just, like, a masochist? Do you like to get— feel punishment it just when you, you like to when feel you like get, a bad boy no no when you when you get the correct play in you're just like yeah so you just <laughs> you like to just push yourself with so much resistance to where when you succeed even a small amount you can rejoice in that victory oh yeah dude i'll hit like a seven yard counter and just be fucking so see happy. i like the feeling of real success you know <laughs> yeah. the to know that i've actually won the game <laughs> He's on a fair these, you know, field. You're battling these teens. Anyhow, okay, so it's back to real football. The Chiefs' future. Let's talk about you're, that a little wait, bit. Wait, you're going to be one of those guys who, when the robots take over, you're just going to bend over and be like, take take me, guys. Does that sound like what I'm doing? I don't know. I'm you're not- letting the AIs win, dude. <laughs> no, I'm making sure I can beat their ass. Maybe that's it. That's Maybe that's I'm another doing. interpretation. I'm it but I've seen myself beat their ass. <laughs> I know that I've... I can, on easy mode. I know that I can beat the Terminator well, thirty-one to ten regular on mode all is pro. Respectable, all man. Right, the Chiefs' future—it's terrifying. They could have had a Super Bowl last year if not for an offsides call. This year, there seems like there's tons of room to even improve. I mean, the defense is going to get better. This is year one of Spagnola, and <laughs> so good. You're going to get better. There's just you're still putting that defense together. We have a whole draft to do. The Chiefs' offense was just okay in this game, and they put up 31 on the best defense in the league. 21 of those in the fourth quarter. This team, if they remain healthy, you know that's always the big question mark. If that quarterback is on his feet come the postseason next year. I don't know exactly what the way to beat them is. It seemed like the Niners were close, as close as you can get. But every team this playoffs had a double-digit lead against them, and it didn't fucking matter. So I don't know exactly the right way to beat this team. 
Um, I guess you got to get a bunch of turnovers and hope for fumbles. And you did um, get – I mean, the, if you're a Niners fan, two interceptions when he hadn't thrown a single pick all playoffs, you would have taken that. Yeah. And a fumble? I mean, you know, there's, there, is, there is definitely something about – I think it could it, – there's the possibility that it could have been just this playoffs. There was just a lot of destiny going around. You're talking about being healthy. Tons of these dudes weren't healthy all season long at different stages in the season. We didn't have Mahomes for three games, but we also didn't have Tyreek for six. We didn't have Eric Fisher, our left tackle, for nine games. Yeah, we got him when it, when it mattered. And we got him all when it mattered, and then there was just this kind of feeling of like it all came together. And so that might have driven this improbable playoff run, which no one can ever take away from us, which is another thing that just feels so awesome. Uh, but, you know, I'm not thinking too much about like a dynasty yet because I want to see – I you know I I don't know if if enough destiny can come together. Like, is this a destiny team that won the Super Bowl based on a bunch of adversity and then being able to overcome it, or are they just like a juggernaut that can't be stopped, like the Patriots have been? And then in future podcasts, you guys are all going to be shitting on me and yelling at me for the fact that we've won another Super Bowl. Yeah, enjoy the time when you're the good guys. This shit will flip eventually. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna be one of those dicks who's like yeah. count the rings. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all ends up, man. Yep. And no one likes it. Yeah. Remember the Warriors were so fun in 2016. Oh, look how cute they, they are. are. And it's like, I want these guys dead. And then Jamel <laughs> last year was hoping that, uh, you know, I the lights got turned out. Yeah, it would have been nice if they cut the lights off in the building. That's fun. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, going into next season. Um, it's going to be a long off season. We got, you know, the draft coming up. There's a few little – points on the calendar to look forward to but really football starting you're gonna wait for the shakira lap oh i was gonna do i was gonna include that here okay there you go yeah please my bad i didn't mean to cut you off there's one thing that i hope and it's more shakira (laughs) involvement in the nfl but uh yeah let's just talk about this offseason and kind of one thing you hope that is going to happen in the nfl before the start of the 2020 season could be about your team could be just about the league-wide in general but uh Danny, you got something? Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the most interesting things, and, and we're going to hear a lot about it, is the Tom Brady destination. Uh, I'm just very curious about that. Anywhere he goes is going to feel freakish. It's going to feel like the league has kind of deformed slightly. But they're talking about – there was like a rumor that him and, his, him, him and Giselle bought a place in Nashville. I don't really buy that, but – uh, what if she just know, likes the show a lot? Maybe she loves Nashville. She just wants to live there and not play. Have him play for the Tennessee Titans once Ryan Tannehill gets booted. But maybe he shows up in the, in Tennessee. Maybe he shows up in uh, Las Vegas. Maybe he shows up in uh, Los Angeles, and we get to see him walking around, uh, you know, Glendale. And we, we, you know, when we stop by the Americana, we'll see Tom Brady walking around like oh, the dildo yeah. that he is. Yeah. But Tom Brady honestly, play for USC. He might. He could do anything <laughs> he wants to do. That would be the most perfect way sweet. for him. That dude should be the USC quarterback. Ma- yeah. maybe, maybe he goes to Washington, by the way. Mr. Brady uh, comes out to Washington, teaches Jameis, Alex Smith style. My point is I, what I would want to happen over all of it is nobody really sees the benefit in bringing a 42-year-old aging, declining quarterback into the fold. He can't find a home. He finds it too difficult to, you know, pack up the game for good. 
And instead of killing oh, himself, my God. he decides to take one last ride with the only team that feels naturally like a progression from the New England dynasty. And he takes the gig as the backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, man. How beautiful would wow. that be? You're, that's... You get the mentorship. You Wait. get the leadership in the room. You get two guys who love winning. No, One's really... obviously the what? alpha. Huh? This dude is already trying to be the bad guy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. What? Tom Brady backing up Patrick Mahomes. How can you beat that? The combo of styles with the, the additional wisdom that Brady could give. And, and then Patrick Mahomes executing it with his all-world body. Would you take Phil Rivers? No, that guy's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Jamel, what do you what do you hope for for next season? <laughs> Before the season, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping for the same thing. I hope for every year a nice, solid eight and eight season from my guys. <laughs> but before that, I need to see Ron do something spectacular, perhaps miraculous. By which I mean convincing Trent Williams to play for us. Oh my the only God. way he can Ooh. do it, healing. I need Ron Rivera to put his hands on Trent Williams' cancerous body and lay it all to rest, baby. Tammy Faye Baker style. He heals Trent Williams. Trent decides to play for us. We go 8-8. Eight and eight. Hail to the Fred Skins. Is 8-8 eight and eight, eight and eight feels eight and eight like... 8-8 is the ceiling. Eight and eight is the the limit is the ceiling. But is eight and eight like how, would you be like Danny watching the Super Bowl if you were like seven and eight going into week seventeen against the Eagles? Yes, <laughs> yes, I would lose my mind. You're like we we can do it. Yes, I would be in here face paint on. The Eagles are headdress the Eagles offensive are, headdress. The Eagles are fourteen and one at this point, resting their starters. Yep, <laughs> and I would love every goddamn second of it. We're playing for nothing. That, We're playing for a worse draft pick. Now, if Ron Rivera has to call a little bit of black magic to the front to get that lump to go down. I'm if cool he has with to like, become a voodoo priest. Yeah, involve the devil if necessary. I mean, I'm just saying like it could be a drag me to hell thing where like you guys go eight and eight and then immediately Ron Rivera gets pulled down. I'm a huge Bokeem Woodbine fan. <laughs> yep. I want to go to hell with him. I think we all belong there together. Trent, come with us. Come home. Trent is a good soul. Or he go to the Chiefs. Or fucking come to the Chiefs. Go to the Chiefs. We could use another backup. We'll just yeah every play right tackle and just uh, live your life. Live a peaceful life. Look, I'd be happy if the entire starting lineup of the AFC side of the Pro Bowl just became our backup squad, <laughs> and we just had backups that are the uh, that that are the best players of the this rest of the This is what happens though when you start winning shit. It's like yeah. the Warriors thing again. It's like yeah. you People, get boogie all of a sudden. He's just not even playing. He's and just hurt. guys he's, and guys playing want to play on the best team. Yeah. It's a uh it's a winner's mentality. It is a winner's mentality. Yeah. And you're not and wrong. I mean, you could really get some lame. really good veteran backup quarterback who will take a, a pay cut to get a ring. I mean, a lot of these guys are just like I just want to fucking win one. And that's a, probably the best yeah. place to go right now. Uh, I mean, and and also in all this, shout out to Matt Moore. You deserve that ring that's going on your <laughs> yeah, finger. He did. You're an awesome he, dude. He and played well this year. Congrats. Uh, Get that gap fixed. <laughs> uh, what I want to see in this NFL offseason is just more Shakira and J Lo involvement. Bring them to the draft. 
Ooh. Put him on NFL Network. Mm. I don't care how you got to do it. Just get him out there. By the way, Shakira, uh, I went I, when I watched, I rewatched the Super Bowl halftime show. Shakira, fifteen more seconds of performance time than J Lo had. They split it. It went from zero to six fifteen, then six fifteen to twelve, and then they shared the stage the rest of the way. Shakira got that extra fifteen seconds. I, you love to see it. I thought she had a great performance. I believe that's a cover. Uh, J Lo's kid was involved somehow. It was <laughs> J Lo was Con- stripping with hunks, then yeah. brought the kids out. Conservative moms fucking freaked out. She all showed across us the, the country. She showed us the circle of life, dude. Uh, how dare these ladies uh, slide across the stage and have fun? I was like, do you remember Michael Jackson grabbing his dick thirty years ago on the Super Bowl? Yeah. Grabbing I mean, their kids' dick. What else is... What's yeah. the fucking difference here? <laughs> you know the difference. What's yeah, the there's difference? one difference. There's one difference. What, one's a lady? Yeah. And and I also... I well, Then there's two differences. Because <laughs> they're also, you know, technically in the, in these women's minds, they're not true Americans. Those oh, are the sure. people who are complaining. A little is too... That these Latina women had some fun on stage yeah, shook their little, beautiful asses American, so that's fair yeah, but a little uh, too well you don't you know you think there's nuance some. in these people's minds <laughs> yeah nobody wanted to see nobody in iowa wanted to see the latin grammys why not dude that's like some of the hottest action they could because they're get. boring and most dumb these, as fuck but yeah. most not, of these nine-year-olds dumb too, i see I've, i was watch, looking at these comments and it's like my kid thought this was distasteful it's like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They not. have fucking safe search settings on all of their fucking devices in the house. This was the best shit they've seen in a long time since they went to their friend's house. Yeah, they got they they know they'd get in trouble if they didn't say exactly yeah, what exactly. you want to hear. You <laughs> frumpy ass mom with your shitty looking ass that you have. Because that's you what mu- happens. You yeah. have to feel bad about when your you own have ass. a dumb like Midwest mom ass. <laughs> you're like, oh. Women can't flaunt their bodies. Look at my stupid ass. I would never have too. my ass. And then yeah. you're, look, you're 50 and you're looking at that and you're like, yeah. I don't like that bitch. Yeah, you're 50. You're in a Walt Disney World uh, moo-moo looking like a bitch. Of course it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah, you got an ass like a bag of leaves and you're watching two of the best asses in America. In American history. And, you know, Dan, just to j- – because I'm such a changed man, yeah. I do want to throw down uh, the, the, the axe here and bury it and say you did it. You correctly – You called it. You correctly called the Shakira victory, and it was a decisive victory. As much as, you know, other people in the room, I thought, while we were watching the halftime show, because we were all together – a lot of the other people in the room kind of seemed to be dogging on J-Lo's performance a little more than was necessary. Yeah, see, that I wasn't involved that was, in that. And that was, was an isol- it was happening, but that was an isolated thing. I feel like a lot of people I talked to the next day were like, you know what? Let's not choose a winner. Let's just let these two women shine uh, in the pantheon as they deserve. There is a and video of like, them hugging it out after the performance that seemed very genuine. And an yes. ass grab, I think. And right? an ass grab. Like, they, they're friends. Yeah. That said, it was a very obviously a Mahomes-Jimmy G situation. Oh, sure. Where I mean, come on. you just got outplayed by Jayla's an all-world talent. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and you came in with some of the expectation. You came in being like, you know, I'm going to manage this game. I'm fucking J-Lo. I'm more famous. I've got the team behind me. Yeah. I've got more of the PR push. And yet Shakira, with none of the support <laughs> that J-Lo was getting from the media, she comes out and she just dominates the fourth quarter and even out-ass shakes one of the all-timers. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough situation to be in when you're in an ass-shaking contest and you look to your left and J-Lo is your competition. Not an enviable position. I and mean, Shakira held her own. I'd be surprised if A Rod wasn't <laughs> Google. <laughs> he like wasn't Google checking out if he, some Shakira. of those videos. Maybe, maybe just calling his lawyer to ask about papers. <laughs> I don't know. Well, look, you know, A Rod don't have sex. A Rod hasn't had sex in like five years. Oh man, I, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's weird. I feel like they have to be graded on different scales because I think 50, being 50 with your ass out like that is like taking AP government as opposed to like regular <laughs> social studies, you feel me? But she, she really went for it. Shakira's 43. You know, it's not it's not a, a, a young ass That's by all standards. That's 30 years in ass years. She's Seven years, years of ass, ass years. growth. That's true. Once you reach 43, every year is just exponentially yeah, dude. tougher to maintain. It's it's all about the the work ethic, and I even if you're grading on a curve and you're handicapping J Lo's ass by the seven years <laughs> that she had on Shakira, I still feel like Shakira outkicked the coverage on that. She really played uh, a solid game the entire way through that p- performance, and I, I really think uh, whether you grade on a curve or not, she she came out victorious, and that's Dan's call. So love you, Shakira. It. All right, uh, let's. Uh, oh. So, football-wise, next season, just going to say it quickly, uh, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida. Yuck. Eagles-Chiefs. Let's do this thing. Mm. Andy Reid versus his former team, his former his former uh, understudy. What are we – let's go. That's the best storyline. Who's better in the NFC to go fucking face off against this Chiefs team? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. What? We're the last NFC team to win the Super Bowl. Uh, another NFC team hasn't won since like 2013 or something. It's been AFC dominance, and I'm fucking ready to put a, an end to it again. I, I mean, we would that. kick an asshole into you the size of the, uh, the football. Hey, we got that Rocky mentality. Bring it. Let's go. It's interesting. I mean, I, what if I want to see the Giants beat you guys? What if I? <laughs> yeah. What if I want to see yeah. Saquon? Jason do Garrett is gonna what lead Jason the Garrett, Giants to the Super Bowl. What okay. if Jason Garrett? Grew a set of nuts, adult nuts, not even baby nuts. You think Jerry Jones uh, unleashed the stranglehold he had on this man's testicles? He let his nuts out of whatever nautical rope <laughs> knots he had them in, <laughs> and he's gonna be set free. Jimbo's disgusting. You know he's rooting for the Giants. What yet he has a, his own team what in if, his own division. What if I? I just whatever. I just need the Redskins to finish second. Something respectable. And then you'd love to see the Giants win the Super Bowl. I also I I would say without Jason Garrett, the the Cowboys might be unlocked, and then we might end up seeing them in That's an the issue. play. One thing's for sure: it ain't going to be the Niners because there's always a Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, so we're taking on all applications for NFC player or NFC team in the Super Bowl against us because we are inevitable. I so see bring Cam, them all on. Cam, go to the Bears. Cam on the Bears. Yeah, that's a better story. Yeah, that'd be a very good team. You've got mail. Um, all right, let's do our mailbag. Let's let's get into that. I have a weirdly, 
like three mini pieces of mail. So I'm just going to cruise through these real quick. Uh, the first one says, Dear Jamel, I don't know why I'm reading this one, but it says, Dear Jamel, what are your plans for this offseason? We think you'd be a perfect candidate for our hit TV show, Sign the Producers of The Bachelor. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just somehow it was on this desk. They reached out to me? I think so. Oh. I mean, I guess I am sort of, I'm lovable. I've got a like, unique look. I am a closeted homosexual. Yeah, I need to be that. <laughs> this could really hit. I think I'm in. You're a makeout slut? I will make out with anybody. <laughs> Bachelor right. guys, I'm in. Is that the best reality show for Jamel, though? I mean, there's no. plenty of other. Hell no. I'm trying to go wherever Guy Fieri is. Me and Andy Reid got to be eating cheeseburgers, man. That, that is in the a, dream. In an old Buick. Watching Guy Fieri have to suck it up as a Raiders fan and cheer on Andy Reid's victory, that was another one of the sweeter <laughs> ancillary moments of this victory. All right, I have, here's another quick one. It says, Dear Danny, we've heard you mention that you're not really the Disney World type, and you know what? We love that. So where do you think the Super Bowl quarterback should go after they win the big game? Signed, SeaWorld President Mark Pauls. Well, it's I mean, it's if you want the real if you want the real SeaWorld is really hanging on for this. If you want the real SeaWorld experience, you can't go to SeaWorld. You have to go off the coast of Japan where they're murdering whales. <laughs> they're not just faking it. They're That's at least really authentic. Uh no, man, don't go anywhere, dude. Just fucking, why do you have to go to a fucking kid's theme park full of assholes and walk around on the float next to Mickey and Minnie who don't even do shit? Tell me one personality trait that Mickey Mouse has. Why is Mickey Mouse even funny? Is he funny? I don't know if he's supposed to be, but he's not. And I don't understand anybody who thinks Disney is fun. It's just not. It's just the one of the least fun places in America. That's true. And Disneyland is even worse. Turkey leg overrated. Yeah. Go, here's what you do. You say, I'm going to Joshua Tree, and I'm going to take three mushroom caps, <laughs> and I'm going to hang out with my friends, fucking Damian Williams and McCole Hardman and, and fucking Anthony Sherman, the fullback, and we're going to just trip out and come up with crazy existential ideas for the next season and just really get loose in, an, uh, in the true American way, which is with psychedelics. Sorry, SeaWorld. All right, and then I have last, one last one. It says, Dear Hardigan. Thanks for being a friend for all these years. I couldn't have done it without you and all the support. I'll never forget where I came from and where my heart remains, the city of Philadelphia. Signed, Andy Reid. You're welcome, Coach. Uh, I'm glad you got yours. What? Good shit. He didn't say that. Made up a little Andy Reid to Philadelphia (laughs) love. Jamel, you got any letters? Wait, wait, wait. I just want to bring (laughs) this up. That we did agree that if Andy Reid won this Super Bowl, that it was a done deal that he's going in the Hall of Fame as a chief and not as an Eagle, right? I mean, you get to be on both teams. There'll be Eagles shit and Chiefs shit, but he's going to be remembered more famously as a Chiefs coach. There's no doubt about it. Just wanted to hear you say it. He, he is. I mean, it's hard to, to say that because he's my favorite coach ever. Uh, but he's once you win a Super Bowl with a team, that's the team that that people associate you with. Jamel, letter. Uh, yeah, I got a letter. Um, this is from um, Mayor uh, Tom Winston of uh, Winona. Uh, I say, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, uh, big fan of the show. I uh, was wondering if you guys could convince – Winona Ryder to leave my town. This bitch is super annoying. 
She's trying to get everybody to stop using straws. And it's like, dude, we only have a straw factory. Get the fuck <laughs> off it. Uh, she's fucking up traffic uh, and stealing things. There's only one general story. This is very annoying. Um, ghost skins. We're nowhere near Washington, D.C. Uh, thanks and bye-bye. That might actually be the only Super Bowl commercial I remember is yeah. that Winona. And she's just sitting there in a parka. Yeah, just laying down. Going crazy. Just laying down. Playing off her image of being a psychotic nutbag. Uh, maybe she should have been in the, the new planters, Baby Nut. <laughs> Look, also, I mean, I'm riding for Baby Nut all year. I just retweeted two Baby Nut things. I'm, I'm locked in. Man, that shit is just so obviously locked and loaded for people to meme and, and tweet. <laughs> They're and getting just better like at You it. guys are the, we, the we marks. Like, we like You're gritty. Marks. We like baby nut. We are just fucking idiots. Gritty. I'm done with gritty did that shit. Rocks, no, gritty got sick. off. Lock Scott Gritty free. up. Danny, <laughs> <laughs> right. you got a letter? All right. I'm pulling this one out. This one seems very special. Dear Danny, this is yourself from seventh grade. I just wanted to let you know I'm free. Patrick Mahomes has released me from a prison of doubt, pain, and fear that has kept me from doing so many things, like taking a swing at my bully Hub Danielson or exercising just a little bit so I'm not 225 pounds. Thank you, and now I'm going to go jerk off forever in peace. <laughs> Signed, Young Danny. Jerk hey. off forever? Well, that's all I wanted to do, that and watch the Chiefs. And so I, I know where that kid's going through. And little man, you do that shit. You lay on the floor of your bathroom <laughs> because you can't do it in your room because your mom keeps trying to come in. <laughs> yeah. So you pretend like you're pooping and you lay flat on the, on your back on the yes. floor of the bathroom and Jesus. jerk off to the four girls in your class that you used as a constant rotation there you go. to jerk off to. Or when it's the middle of the night and your mom isn't bothering you because she's asleep, you can masturbate to that show Lex on sci-fi. Look it up if you don't know it. It was the closest thing to porno you could get on basic cable. Dude, you could jerk off to anything Until when you're like Super Bowl 13. Five halftime show. Until yeah. Shakira and J-Lo made it okay for kids to jerk off to the Super Bowl. In front of their parents. Facts. Can't jerk off to up with people. Jeb That's Bush sure. jerked off. I mean, what do you think that tweet was about? Yeah, that was he that just <laughs> came. <laughs> Didn't even put his pants back on. Okay, uh, let's get into some final thoughts. Um, I guess I will say this is my first season covering the NFL, let alone any sport. I feel like we, we did every single week. And I've been thinking about why I'm a fan and why I care about this sport so much. And honestly, I can't rationally explain why I'm an Eagles fan or why I watch football every week or why I even enjoy watching the games in person. I don't know if it's a me muscle memory thing if it's some obligation, some need some need to be a part of the, the zeitgeist or whatever the fuck. But maybe it's as simple as this. This is what I've thought about. Football is big enough to briefly unite us every single week and bring everybody together and meaningless enough not to fucking tear us apart as a society. And I think that's the special thing about football is it's just dumb enough that everybody can get can be a part of it. But it just doesn't matter enough to the point where we want to fucking kill each other. Even I mean, there people, have been a few murders. Yeah. Some people do stab each other in parking <laughs> lots. And I understand that there's always going to be uh, victims but <laughs> of the game. But I'm just saying, you know, uh, as 2019's 
Best Picture award-winning film Joker taught us. We do live in a society, and it's nice to come together from time to time and watch football. Uh, this has been fun. I don't know why I'm signing off because I'm not done talking yet. Yeah, Jesus. Jamel, what's your final outcome? Your uh, final my final outcome <laughs> uh, is Baby Nut for president. <laughs> and my final thoughts are... Now, Pete Buttigieg did win Iowa, so Baby Nut is winning. Wait, that just happened? I don't know. He's probably won. Yo, Iowa's not real. Uh, this is what... This is what I he, want. He claimed a victory. Oh, well, that's, yeah, this is, that's old news. I watched those hundred old dudes come out for the beginning oh, yeah. of the NFL 100, and once I stopped wondering which one of them had guns, I remembered that, damn, yeah, football is it. It's an institution. We've been doing this dumb thing this whole dumb time, and we're really dumb, and I want to keep watching it. I just want middle America to get the fuck over it, man. Just let us be fucking freaks. We still want to watch football. It's yeah, clear. Yeah. But we just need some freak stuff with it. Let a guy fucking come out with a robot head on. Yeah. Let's just do some other – just let us do some other things around the football. Guys are still going to get hurt real bad. Yeah, so you still have that part that you love. Yeah, and we're with it, dude. We're, we're yeah. fucking with it. Just let some color in Super your life. Bowl, off this fucking Super Bowl, man. Let it happen. Let love into your heart. And uh, thanks for listening. And I guess we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, my final thought is based directly off of that. It's a thank you to every person who listened to this podcast. And it didn't have to be every week. It could have been one episode, and now you're listening to this, and this is your second episode. It's going to be your first episode. I don't give a shit. We actually have people listening to this show. And that's cool, and that's very interesting because, you know, we we basically just kind of got the equipment and figured we would just kind of do this because we were bored at work. And now <laughs> it's become uh, a little bit more than that, and I think it could be even more than that. But for now, I'm just happy with the fact that people listen to it and like it, and they like hearing about their football news from us. Because I get my football news from fucking jackass, boring dudes in Kansas City, and I love every second of it. And those guys aren't funny for one moment. They're really weirdly earnest. Some of my podcasts have, like, a really good X's and O's analysis, but then, like, there's a dude... On my on the one podcast, the Chiefs podcast I listen to the most, who just doesn't understand the concept of yes and. He just always shuts down the other guy's jokes. And it's really frustrating and annoying. What we wanted to do was talk about football with the capability of yes anding each other on occasion, having some fun with it. And I think that we, we put together a season uh, much like the Kansas City Chiefs that ended in glory and uh, and we just want you guys to keep listening. So we're going to keep doing like, you know, a couple of times during the summer, during the off season, we're going to have some shit for you. And we're going to be able to talk about the big events like the draft and the free agency period. And whenever somebody fucking does something ape shit like Antonio Brown gets arrested on a on a yacht trying to flee to international waters, we will be there. We want to keep this relationship going. For sure. Happy. And this That's has been happy. super fun for us. I hope it's been fun for you. It's definitely been fun for me because the Chiefs just won the fucking Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's go, Chiefs. Let's go. Sorry we love football. <laughs> the wow. end. Hey, I like uh, how we all wrapped that up, guys. That was fun. It was a good that time. That was nice. Had uh, a great time. I had a great time. 
yeah, I don't know when we'll be back. Probably in a few weeks. So uh, look out for something to come out. Uh, we'll, we'll also be doing some like best of some of the best of the mailbag and best of uh, you know what we hated that week. So we'll have some stuff coming out of it, like Danny just said. But uh, yeah. let's keep this relationship going. Yeah. Till then, uh, as always, we're sorry, and uh, that's that. I'm as sorry as can humanly be. <laughs> I'm s- I'm sorry. <laughs>